Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 36, and today we are talking about books released on January 12th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. Hello there. How's it going? Are you snowed in or colded in or? No, everything melted yesterday Ah. in like the 50 degree torrential downpours. So now it's freezing, but there's like no snow or anything. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very strange here. Yeah, I spent the weekend in the mountains in Western Virginia, not West Virginia, but Western Virginia. Um, and it was cool and pretty rainy and perfect for reading. If you said yeah. West Virginia, I would have worried about the Mothman. <laughs> I have been to the mountains in West Virginia. I have not yet seen the Mothman there. That's good because it's bad if you do. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever, I guess you don't really come back from seeing the Mothman. It's been a no. while since I saw the movie, but things don't end well. No, 99 will die. Once he gets involved. (laughs) I can't really think of a sharper curve to take than to go from Mothman into the first title you're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, because they're completely not related at all. (laughs) Uh, So I just just warning in advance, all of the books that I'm talking about today are really sad. And not only that, but like the books that I picked for the newsletter for this week are also very sad. There must be something about January 12th that he's like, let's bring out the sad books. <laughs> the Did publishers you... were like, everyone's going to make a New Year's resolutions. They're going to be all reflective. Yeah. We're just going to hit you with the feels. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get it. So uh, the first one might just be sad to me um, because I, I loved it and it spoke to me. Um, it's called My Name is Lucy Barton and it's by Elizabeth Strout. That Elizabeth Strout, like Olive Kitteridge. Um, I haven't seen the miniseries of Olive Kitteridge. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh, I've heard it's wonderful. But I, I do love need Frances to get on McDormand. That. It's on my yes. list. Yes, I need to get on that. But uh, this book is about, guess, Lucy Barton. Woo! Um, and she's reflecting on her life. She is telling the story of when she was in the hospital. She had some minor surgery that went horribly wrong, and she has a fever. And her husband is at home with the kids, and so he calls her mother and asks her mother to go stay with her. Um, She's not seen her mother in many, 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 many years. Um, Lucy had a really hard childhood growing up. They were very, very poor. Um, They they had no heat. They had no food sometimes. Uh, Her babysitter was the truck. Uh, They would lock her in the truck while her parents went to work. She would just be, like, stuck outside. And it's just, like, these really sad, sad things about poverty and also, her mother is a very hard woman. She's she's not an affectionate woman. Um, but they kind of sit together, and she asks her mother to tell her stories about people uh, from the town where they grew up to kind of, like, listen to her voice and, and make her feel better. And um, she also talks a bit about, like, when she was older after this, this period in the hospital, um, when she wants to be a writer and the people that she met and her children growing up. And it's just so 
beautiful. It, uh, I'm going to admit that I have never actually read an Elizabeth Stroud book. Like, I just can't believe it. I've never gotten around to it. Um, and so this was my first one, but uh, I have to read all of her stuff now because, I mean, and I had known that was the case, really, um, that she's just incredible. But she really, really is. There is a reason that, you know, she, that people say that, like, she is everything because she is. This book is so beautiful. Um, you know, plus she's main author, love main authors. And yeah, it, and uh, it's probably like a four tissue book. Oh, I yeah. give it like a, out of five, four out of five. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, Not four literal tissues, but four out of five on the tissue rating scale. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not even the saddest one I'm going to talk about today. But oh anyway, um, I'm probably just going to keep babbling about it, so I will just end there. And again, it's called My Name is Lucy Barton, and it's by Elizabeth Stroh. I've had my eye on that one, and then, you know, we kind of di- divide up who's going to have which titles for this week, and we start planning. And um, I did not get to Lucy Barton, but after that, I'm definitely going to. Hmm. Before I do my first pick, we want to talk about our first sponsor this week. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by This Is Where It Ends by Marika Nijkamp. Uh, this is a new novel that's out in which the whole story takes place within just a few hours. It's an explosive, emotional page-turning debut novel. We love the debuts here on all the books. It's about a high school that's held hostage, and it's told from the perspective of four teens, each who have their own reason to fear the boy with the gun. So at 10 a.m., the principal of Opportunity High School in Alabama finishes her speech. She's welcoming the entire student body to a new semester. She's encouraging them to excel and achieve. I'm sure we've all been party to speeches like that in our history uh, of being students. Uh, At 10.02, the students get up to leave the auditorium for their next class. At 10.03, the auditorium doors won't open. And then at 10.05, someone starts shooting. This is a very timely topic right now. Unfortunately, it's been a timely topic for as long as I've been aware of being uh, for as long as like since I've been a student since before I was a student and now well into our adult lives gun violence across the US is a constant point of discussion. Um, It's in the news nonstop for good reasons that are ultimately bad reasons. Uh, This book this is where it ends has a diverse cast of characters. There are LGBTQ kids, kids from different religious racial and socioeconomic backgrounds. The author Marika Nishkamp is uh, on the board of directors. Um, she's an executive member of We Need Diverse Books, and this book takes place over 54 minutes. So I was wrong a few minutes ago when I said over the course of a few hours. It's even more compressed than that. The whole thing takes place over just 54 minutes in real time. So the story will continue to unfold from that 10.05 a.m. Uh, shooting from these four students' different perspectives. Uh, this book is harrowing, but ultimately hopeful, again, about a, a difficult but important uh, thing that's happening in our world right now. And again, it is called This Is Where It Ends by Marika Nishkamp. So thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Okay, my first one. I don't think there's a theme to mine this week. This is not quite sad, but this book gave me very many feelings. It's called Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of Your Fist by Sunil Yappa. I've been hearing about this book for it seems like a year at least. It's one of the launch titles for Lee Boudreau Books, which is a new imprint. And it's a debut novel, so continuing our theme of discovering awesome new voices here on this show. Um, And it is set all on one day. 
I love novels that do this. I think it's really difficult to do it um, and to do it well. And Sunil Yapa certainly does that in this book. It's uh, in 1999 in Seattle during the World Trade Organization Ministerial Conference, um, which was a real thing that happened in 1999. Um, Ministers and politicians from all over the world, ministers like political ministers, not like um, clergy members, um, were gathered in Seattle to negotiate trade agreements for the new millennium. Um, And 40,000 protesters who were uh, anti-globalization flooded the streets to block the delegates getting to their meetings. Um, This story has several different narrators, or it's all... It's all third person, close third person, but through several different perspectives. Victor is 19. He's homeless. He ran away when he was 16, and he's been wandering the globe for a few years. He's found his way back to Seattle, and his goal at the outset is to sell a bunch of weed to the people who have gathered at the protest so that he can skip town again. Uh, Bishop is in his 60s. He's the chief of police. He wants to protect his city and to do the right thing. He wants to be a good cop and stand for the right things. Um, There's a young woman protester named King uh, who is with him man named John Henry, who is her sort of guru. He introduced her to political movements. And together, they are the leaders of this direct action. They want it to be peaceful. They've been training people on how to do this protest. And they're very deeply involved. We also get to see two cops that are on patrol, um, supposed to be keeping the peace during this protest. And um, there is one of the trade and finance ministers whose perspective we get as well. He's from Sri Lanka. And we get to see his day be interrupted by these protesters. So by showing us the moments of this one day through all these different characters' eyes and doing it the way that Yapa does it, you get to imagine all the other countless moments and interactions and motivations and fears and hopes that um, that people are having in this moment at this protest, why they're there, what they're hoping to accomplish, the things that they are afraid of and the things that are driving them. And it's just so beautifully done. It's kind of like he magically sort of shows us seven or eight people in this moment and they are all so different and so unique and so fully drawn that it's not difficult at all to just imagine who the rest of those people are that are out in that crowd as well. Um, This book hits on global trade. It hits on politics, on political movements and protesting, why people do that, what it accomplishes. Does it accomplish anything? Um, It addresses police brutality. And I thought it was especially interesting to read in light of the protests that we've seen um, in the culture the last few years and the police brutality that has been uh, that's gone hand in hand with some of those protest movements um, that have been police brutality has been the sparking incident of some of the protest movements as well. And Yapa certainly has a perspective um, on those issues. This is an important, powerful debut. I just kept finding myself drawn back to it. I couldn't step away from the book for too long. Um, and Colin McCann called it, I think this is the perfect blurb, a literary, uh, excuse me, I got so excited, I can't talk now, um, a literary Molotov cocktail. Um, I can't come up with anything better than that. And so this book, again, is Your Heart is a Muscle, The Size of Your Fist by Sunil Yapa. It's going to be huge. huge it better huge, be. Huge. It's so Yeah, good. everybody's talking about it right now. It would be such a good book club book, too. There's just so much... There's so much to talk about with it. There's a lot of meat on the bone there. Oh, well, that gives me a great segue. Oh, um, Because okay. this next book that I'm going to discuss is also a great book club pick. Uh, it's called The Expatriates by Janice Y.K. Lee. Um, I want two middle initials. I think it looks really rad. Like, when you're reading her name, it, mm-hmm. it looks awesome. Um, also, I hope that 
I've never actually said the word expatriate out loud. So yeah, I, that's right. I think that's right, but mm-hmm. I, I you don't did know. Um, so it's a wonderful, wonderful novel uh, about three women, and it's about a group. There are women that live in Hong Kong. Uh, for whatever reasons, probably work or schooling, um, they have gone to Hong Kong. Uh, two of them, their husbands are you know big in the business world there, and they're housewives and, and mothers and... Um, one is a very wealthy housewife named Hillary, and she kind of follows her, um, she's trying to have a child, and she follows her struggle to, to do that. There's another woman named Margaret, who uh, was once a very happy young married mother who has uh, suffered a horrible loss, and so she's she's just really, uh, <laughs> I've lost all my words, <laughs> she's... <laughs> She's kind of set adrift by this terrible thing that has happened to her and also dealing with that while she's living in, you know, a foreign land. And then there's a a young woman named Mercy who is a Korean-American who went to Hong Kong for work. And uh, she is also uh, the victim of a horrible, horrible event. And she's kind but it's kind of of her own making. And so now she's just living her life in her room trying to figure things out. Um, And these three women, their lives do intersect and it just, the writing is so absolutely beautiful and interesting. Um, there's, did you ever read The Foremost Good Fortune by no. Susan Connolly? It's, no. a, it's a memoir that she wrote about how her husband got a, jo- a job and she went to live in China. And so it was really cool to, like, read this novel and, and have lo- Susan's book, like, in the back of my head. Like, a lot of the things that she talks about, like, trying to go to the grocery store and just find things without speaking the language and, and all this stuff. It's really interesting. But on top of that, it's, like, this really... Beautiful, sad story. Um, and she's an amazing writer, which I had heard. I did not read her first book, which was called The Piano Teacher, I believe. Oh, I remember. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. Oh, and I have it. I just... I <laughs> so embarrassed. I have, Is I it on your stack somewhere? Yeah, my stacks. <laughs> my second floor. It's on my second floor somewhere. <laughs> I can't even say I have stacks anymore. I'm like, I have a house of books that I haven't read yet. Um, it's so embarrassing. But I will definitely be digging it out. And again, it is called The Expatriates by Janice Y.K. Lee. And now you're going to talk about books while I try to find my words again. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Expatriates to something American. My next pick is American Housewife. It's short stories by Helen Ellis. I just loved the crap out of this book. How can you not? I know. I read it in one sitting. It's just it like it was like opening a can of Pringles, except if Pringles were substantial and made you think about things. (laughs) Like, <laughs> these are snappy stories. They're snarky. There's a little sass. Some of them are very short vignettes. Um, these are all about women's lives, different points of contention in women's lives, what it is to be a contemporary woman. They're sharp. Uh, they are very, very funny as well. And Helen Ellis is this sort of like pr- profane Southern lady, which I just appreciate so much. I come from a long line of them. I very much appreciate the subversion of the like polite Southern lady trope with the Southern lady who has edge and curses a lot. Um, One of the stories in this collection is called How to Be a Grown-Ass Lady, and it's like a bullet-pointed list essentially for several pages of ways to be a grown-up, and some of them are like legit life advice, and some of them are hysterical. Uh, There's a piece that's about a very sinister suburban book club. There's a piece about 
a man in a small town in the south who is like the best bra fitter in the area and he has such a magical skill like he can just look at a woman and know what size bra she's going to need and which style and so he's very in demand his current wife is very possessive of him these women who come uh, to him and he gives them the right size bra and it changes their lives and they all have their eyes on him uh, for good reason. One piece is about um, a producer of a very rigged reality show and sort of that like sardonic, just totally disillusioned voice. And there's just so there are so many more. I love when I, I love short stories in general, but I really like it when a collection has a bunch of snappy pieces that you just can't stop reading. Um, it, this is just a delightful collection, but it's also very substantial. Helen Ellis, you know, has ideas in her head. This is not um, the potato chip of short stories. There there's real meat on the bone here as well. I think also this would be such a good, like a fun book club discussion. You won't be taking characters' motivations apart because the stories are short, but there's a lot to talk about. There are certainly things that uh, any woman could nod her head and you know recognize and relate to the experiences and the ideas that she's getting at. I just think it's great. Um, I want to you know go have a couple bourbon cocktails with Helen Ellis and make her tell me all her secrets. Uh, so the book, again, is called American Housewife, short story stories by Helen Ellis. Have a couple of cocktails, but don't play cards with her. Oh, no, right. She's an expert poker player. Yeah, right? she taught Colson Whitehead how to play before he went to play uh, in oh, Vegas at the championships. I didn't make that connection that she was his coach for yep. that. And then he did, what was the book that he wrote about learning the, to play I poker? I was just trying to remember. It's the Noble something. The Noble Hustle. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she taught him. That's awesome. Yeah. She just seems like rad, bad, and dangerous to know. Oh, I want to yeah. be friends with her. Maybe like she could come to BEA and, and challenge people to poker, like for charity. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yeah. She's awesome. She's so cool. What's okay. up next for you? Are we are, are we still crying? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So this is the book I couldn't even see by the time I finished <laughs> this book. I sobbed so hard through the whole thing. My boyfriend was worried about me. So, like, if you really need, like, a good cathartic cry, like, if you need to get it out, you should keep this book in your back pocket because it is the saddest thing I've ever read. Um, it's called Rosalie Lightning by Tom Hart, and it is a graphic novel that Tom Hart uh, wrote and drew about the death of his two-year-old daughter. Oh! Exactly. So, at first I was like, I, I can't read this. Like, why would I read this? But, you know, it's something that, you know, he went through, it's something that he needed to express, and it's something that so many people said was amazing and worth it, so I did it, and wow, it is indeed all those things, and so sad, like, I could start crying just thinking about it right now, <laughs> but it's, it's just, like, about how it goes back and forth between how, you know, he and his wife had this daughter, and they're in the middle of trying to sell their house, and, and moving, and um, and then she died suddenly, like they had no idea it was going to happen. Um, and then it kind of, he, you know, their the whole world is blown apart and they're trying to pick up the pieces. And then it goes back to like when she's little and he draws her and her little cartoon bubbles when she's talking are like phonetically spelled, like how she talks as a two year old and it's just gut wrenching and it's. Yeah, so, like, I don't even know what else I could say about it, except it's so sad, and it's amazing, and he's he's very, very strong to be able to do this. Um, and again, it is called Rosalie Lightning, which is his daughter's name. Her middle name was Lightning. That um, is awesome. Yeah. So, Ugh. it's it's your turn. 
I think um, we're we're switching up gears now. <laughs> yeah, we have to switch up gears. Let's go. To, <laughs> let's go to our next sponsor and talk about something fun and exciting, which is bras. Yay, bras! <laughs> <laughs> An important thing in a woman's life. And so we're really happy that Third Love has become a sponsor of all the books. Uh, they make a t-shirt bra that is super comfortable. It is, it's smoothing. It's invisible under every outfit. And here's the thing that I'm really excited about. The cups are made out of memory foam to mold your shape and give you a perfect and customized fit. Um, and memory foam, you know, like the beds. So you get to make <laughs> a perfect little boob bed with your third love 24 seven t-shirt bra. Um, I would like the foam to remember mine from like 10 years ago. <laughs> it didn't have that kind of memory. I would definitely pay a premium for that. <laughs> Dear third love, we have marketing ideas. (laughs) Exactly. So in addition to the memory foam, it's also super comfortable because it's tagless, which awesome. Like I am, I don't know about you. I am perpetually when I'm wearing tank tops or something like tucking my bra tags back underneath the, you know, back line of my tank top. So I'm stoked about tagless. Um, The hook and eye area is padded, so it won't cut into you. The band around the, you know, your chest is very smoothing and it's made of microfiber. And this bra is designed to not have the problems that if you have boobs and wear bras, you have probably experienced in the past, like spill your cups runneth over or your cups gape or the straps slip or just something with the fit is not right. Um, the straps are pleated. There's gold hardware. These are really pretty nice That sounds bras. very fancy, gold hardware. I know. Right? I'm very excited. I'm getting one. It hasn't arrived yet, but I imagine it's because they probably didn't have that much fabric on hand. <laughs> So <laughs> stay tuned for Liberty's bra report. I personally cannot wait for the next time that we have third love on the show so that, <laughs> so that you, we can tune in. Um, third love stands behind the product, this 24 uh, seven t-shirt bra so much that they're willing to let our listeners try it for free. Do you hear that? You can try a new bra with memory foam for free. Um, and then you pay just $1 for the shipping. You wear the bra for 30 days. You can take the tags off. You can wear it. You wash it. You do all the things that you would do to a normal other bra in your normal everyday life. If you love it, you keep the bra and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it in these 30 days, you send it back for free and your card will not be charged. If you don't know your size, they have online fit specialists to help you find the perfect fit. And like, I think we've probably all, if you are of about the same age that we are seen like Oprah segments and, <laughs> you know, talk show segments about how like every woman is wearing the wrong size bra. Um, so let them do that. Use their online spe- fit specialist to help you find the perfect fit. Here's how you do it. You go to thirdlove.com slash books that lets them know you came from us and it gets you started for your free 30 day trial with your third love bra they have that guy from the helen ellis story working for them the guy that can just tell you what size you are man He's that magic. would have been the perfect segue i wish that i had thought of it four minutes ago <laughs> oh well it's totally not awkward you just you know hang out on the internet with helen ellis's character um i am positive that the third love one is not awkward um <laughs> 
<laughs> Yay, bros. Uh, so thanks again to Third Love for sponsoring the show. Yes, again, thank you. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started to get your free trial of a bra to wear and try out for 30 days. And stay tuned for Liberty's Bra Report, which will be coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You better send some whiskey this way. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be a new segment on all the books. We'll just have, like, this week in bras. You know, the the title of your next book kind of fits in. With it. <laughs> it kind of fits Liberty. in. <laughs> oh, I got you. You're gone. <laughs> hey, you broke me. Yep. Ooh, okay, now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Lots of giggling. I'm not even drunk yet. Uh, Okay. (laughs) My next pick this week is another short story collection. It's called The Hall of Small Mammals by Thomas Pierce. This came out last year. It's out in paperback this week. I just read it over the weekend. I have had my eye on it since before its hardcover release last year and just never got to it. So I'm really glad that the paperback release date gave me a nudge to pick it up. I really loved it. Uh, Thomas Pierce is one of the sort of new Southern writers. He was raised in South Carolina. He now lives in Charlotte. Virginia, which is just about 45 minutes from me. And I recognized uh, some Southern sensibility to his stories, but there's also like a touch of the magical to some of them or something a little bit surreal. Uh, The opening story in the collection is about a woman whose son, uh, his job is to host a reality show where each week they bring a different extinct animal back from extinction and raise it and then release it into the quote unquote wild of what its natural habitat like would be or was in history. And they film that segment and then they show it on TV. Like here is what a you know small woolly mammoth looks like. And now let's take it to Alaska and watch it go. Uh, and after they're done with that. They have to take those like cloned extinct animals somewhere. Uh, and this woman finds herself keeping the mammoth in her backyard to help her son hide it from someone. Uh, there's one about a woman who confesses to her husband that she's married or to her boyfriend that she's married, but it's in her dreams. She has these very vivid dreams about being married to this man. Um, and she's like, it's not cheating. They're just dreams, but it's significant enough to her that she like confesses this to her boyfriend. See, I'm kind of married. Oh, and it's in my dream. Uh, And he goes out in search of real life people who have the same name as her dream husband. And then things happen. Uh, in one, a man wants his son to have, you know, more friends and a fuller life. And so he takes his son to basically scouting camp. But there's this weird, like, mystical element to the things that the scouts do. And then some of the stories are really firmly grounded in reality. A man and his girlfriend are going back to, um, to meet a woman that he was formerly involved with and has a child with, but who's getting married to a new man and he's going to meet the new husband and he does not behave well. Uh, Everything about these is just so believable and also so compelling. I felt that same sense of I, every time I'd sit down, I would be like, I'm just going to read one story. They're about 30, 35 pages each. I would read one and then I would just have to sit there and keep reading more. Um, It's a perfect one weekend read. A great new voice. I'm really hoping that Thomas Pierce will have a novel soon or at least some more short stories. I really loved this collection. Again, it's called The Hall of Small Mammals by Thomas Pierce. Woo woo. Woo. So for my last pick, uh, I chose Eleanor by Jason Gurley. And it's awesome. And I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to give anything away. But it's sad and bizarre and fantastic. I was reading it, and it's about these twins named Eleanor and Esmeralda. And at the beginning, there's a woman named Eleanor, and she's talking about her daughter and her husband, and then sadness happens, and then you move on, and now you are you have another woman named Eleanor, but she's a small child, and she has a twin named Esmeralda. And then sadness happens, 
And now you're in this other part that's like completely weird. I was like, what is even happening? And then there's this mysterious stranger. And Eleanor is like a teenage girl. And she's trying to help her parents who are bereft. And it is like time shifting and special abilities. And it's so awesome. It's really, really cool. Also, it has like the most gorgeous cover. But I don't want to give anything away. Like, I'm worried I'm going to be like, oh, and then this. And, and people will be like, no. So, um, but it's really fantastic. And I was also hoping we could do a little fun thing with social media, if that's okay. Oh, um, sure. If any of you listeners have a Twitter account, if on Thursday you could tweet at Jason Gurley, his handle is jgurley, G-U-R-L-E-Y. Just tweet at him, it's Thursday, bananas eat for free. <laughs> He has no idea I'm doing this. I don't know the man. I just, it's this thing on a, on a sign in a dream that she had, and I thought it was so funny, and I just thought, like, it would be so much fun if a bunch of us tweeted that at him, you know, on the week that his book came out. So if, you know, you have a little time on Thursday, and you're feeling like having some fun, if you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be awesome. And again, the book is called Eleanor by Jason Gurley. I'm going to set myself a reminder right now. Yeah, I think. And then he's going to be like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. He's gonna, she's like, what's happening? <laughs> You know, if you read his book, you would be if you would be nervous if you were him. You'd be like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. He'll have to put on his internet sleucing hat and work his <laughs> way back to figure out who to blame it on. It's always the redhead. <laughs> um, my last pick this week is one we've talked about on the show a couple of times before, so I won't linger on it. But I do want to mention that Missoula by John Krakauer is out in paperback this week. Uh, this is his look uh, in depth at... Uh, rape and the criminal justice system, particularly in Missoula, Montana, but with applications to the U.S. in general. Um, if you are thinking about rape culture, if you are thinking about violence against women in particular, if you're thinking about uh, sexual assault, if you're thinking about, I don't know, if you watched Making a Murderer and you're thinking about why people maybe don't trust the police, um, there is additional information in Missoula about that, about why people either don't report it or what happens when reported sexual assaults either go uninvestigated or are investigated poorly um, and how that system perpetuates to not serve victims as well as it could or should. Uh, it is maddening. I yelled a lot when I was listening to it on audio in the car, but uh, definitely in that category of difficult and important things to read. So again, that's Missoula Rape and the J Criminal Justice System in the College Town or in a College Town by John Krakauer out in paperback this week. Okay, so those are our new books. What are you going to read now? I uh, just started Vinegar Girl by Anne Tyler. Um, this is very exciting because she had said that she wasn't going to write any more novels after her 20th one. And this is one of Hogarth's Shakespeare series. They're oh, doing, right. They're right. doing a, um, a run of authors, uh, including, let's see, uh, Margaret Atwood is going to be doing a retelling of The Tempest. Uh, Gillian Flynn's retelling Hamlet. Uh, Jeanette Winterson just did the um, Winter's Tale one. It was called Gap of Time, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, my Shakespeare knowledge is pretty limited. I know, like, Shakespeare in Love and the <laughs> Moonlighting episode of Taming of the Shrew. So I'm in luck because Vinegar Girl is a retelling of Taming of the Shrew. Perfect. So, um, but it's so far so great. What are you going to read? Uh, isn't Ten Things I Hate About You also a retelling I of, think so, of Taming of the Shrew? I've never seen <gasps> Liberty. We I'm have to have much a older than you. <laughs> 
not that much. Um, I am going to read Behold the Dreamers by Imbolo Mbue. I mentioned that it was one of my anticipated titles on our 2016 Look Ahead show, and a little birdie at Random House sent me a galley. Um, So I'm really looking forward to to finding out what that experience is all about. That's one of my like super anticipated titles for the year. I'm almost afraid to start reading it because I, you know, I'm so excited. But I'm going to do it. I'll be brave. It'll be good, I'm sure. Uh, Thanks again to our sponsors this week. This is Where It Ends by Marika Nishkamp and Third Love. Don't forget to go to thirdlove.com slash books to get your free 30-day trial of one of their bras. Test it out. Tell us all about how it goes. We are here for your bra testing stories and obviously all of your bra-related jokes. Uh, You can hit us up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. Or drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com. And if you've got a minute and you want to rate or review the show on iTunes, it lets us know how we're doing and it helps other book lovers who are looking for podcasts to find their way to us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. Um, And I'd also just like to mention if you're taking part in the Read Harder Challenge and you need a little time to, you know, catch up or do a couple of things or just want to set aside some time for reading, this weekend is the 24 and 48 Readathon that Rachel Manuel, who does the uh, Book Riot Read Harder Challenge, puts together. So you might want to sign up for that. It's 24and48.com. And the goal is to spend 24 out of 48 hours reading. That's correct. Which I like that setup. You don't have to do anything crazy like actually sit still and be awake for 24 straight hours. No, that's hard. <laughs> that is hard. I usually I tried do one like of 21. Those, yeah, I tried one of those once and I think I made it like 18 hours, but I went, I started just going cross-eyed by midday and I don't think I remembered anything that I read. Um, Rachel's yeah. setup is great. So it's what, 24in48.com? Yep. Awesome. Well, that's our show then. That's Happy it. reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.